going to read in the scripture today, Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 21. Verse 24. Um, the monitor of the forge is they're away, and please just continue to pray uh, throughout this week as they're traveling. Um, they don't get back, I believe, until the 15th. Um, so let's just continue to pray for them. Um, as they make their as they make their journey back, and um, as you know, next week we're starting our 21 days of prayer and fasting, and so uh, we've had uh, we had prayer last week, and again this week, uh, I think every Tuesday until uh, the end of that 20, the end of that 21 days, and today we'll be speaking about we spoke about prayer in the in the lesson in the class earlier today, and I want to speak about prayer uh, just one more time. And in Matthew chapter 16, verse 21, it says, From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him. Anybody ever tried to rebuke God before? Usually, usually doesn't work out too well, but Peter Peter didn't mind, uh, you know, being the person uh, that we all want to be sometimes. And and Jesus is saying something that that he's not comfortable with, and so he takes him and he begins to he begins to rebuke Jesus, saying, "Be it far from you, Lord, this is not going to happen to you." He says this isn't going to happen. But he turned Jesus and said to Peter, "Get thee behind me, Satan." Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And today, the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to talk about a season of longing. A season of longing. Can you lay down your Bibles? your iPad, whatever device you may have. And uh, can, we, can we pray together and ask the Lord to help us with our perspective today? Lord God, uh, I know there's something great that you desire to place on the inside of each and every one of us. Lord, I, I know that there's a word that you desire to communicate. And Lord, I know that I'm a broken vessel. And Lord, I know that we're a broken people. But, Lord, you love us today more than we can even comprehend. And, Lord, because of that love, you desire to speak to us, to communicate with us, and to change us. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be open to that change. God, that we would not resist what you desire to do. God, that we would not resist what you desire to say. But, Lord God, that with open arms we would receive your word, that we would receive your blessing, that we would receive your change so that we can be who you have called us to be. Lord God, you have called us to be a city set on a hill. Lord God. 
God, you have set us to be a fire in West Hartford in our communities. Lord God, you have called us to turn this word upside down. And Lord God, we struggle to see ourselves as world changers because, Lord God, we struggle to change the world that is around us. And God, we we struggle, Lord God, with circumstance and with pain and with suffering and with misunderstanding. And Lord God, today we need a change in our perspective so that we can see ourselves the way that you see us. Oh God, change us today, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray today. In your name we pray today. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. If you could turn me up a little bit more. There we go. On that, uh, the, the black box up there, turn it up just a little bit. Thank you. Let me get my, make sure I got my time. Something that always happens when I get up here is I forget to look at the time before I start. And then while I'm preaching, I always worry. I was like, man, has it been an hour or has it been two hours? I don't know how long I've kept these people in. So I want to make sure I look at the time before so that I'm not freaking out in the middle of my sermon. One time I did that when I first started out, I thought, I said, man, I've been up here for so long. I was like, man, it's been like two hours and I've been preaching. I can't believe I've done this to these people. And it had only been about 12 minutes and I ended the sermon. And people were so happy because they got to go home early. But I thought it had been so long because I hadn't really been standing up in front of people before. Uh, but, uh, but, 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 but now, but now, but now I'm, I'm more comfortable. And so get ready. The sermon will only be 90 minutes. So buckle in. Um, today what I want to communicate to us about prayers is is this important thing and in the lesson we one of the things that, that I didn't get to when we we're looking at the Lord's prayer is that that Jesus places such an importance on prayer. I want us to think about this for a moment. Uh, Jesus is the God who created this entire universe. He he cre- he created the world. He created the stars. He, he 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 created everything that we see. He created the air that we breathe. He 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 knew uh, he knew our struggles. He knew us before we were even formed in our mother's womb. He 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 knows the end from the beginning. He exists outside of time. There he he's everywhere at, at all times. He is he is all powerful and, and all knowing, and, and he is great and powerful and he is an incredible God and there's no God beside him. There's nobody like him. There will never be anybody like him. This is the God that we serve, Jesus Christ. He is an incredible God. And as great as God is, when he came to the earth and he robed himself in flesh and became just as you and I, the Bible says that We don't serve a high priest who does not know the feeling of our infirmities because he when he came to this earth, he was just as we were in all points tempted. But without sin, so he felt everything that we felt, everything that we feel when that person cuts you off on 84. 
and you really needed to get to that exit, and now because they cut you off, you can't, you can't move over, and now you have to drive down, and you're stuck, and you're going to be 20 minutes late to work. These are the things that I struggle with every time I was working in downtown Hartford. It is, is I, 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 I felt less Christian every time I got into the car on 84. I feel a little bit of my, uh, of my Holy Ghost draining when I go on 84 during rush hour. But Jesus, even though on earth he lived, uh, before there were cars or before there's anything, he, he felt my struggle. He felt my pain. He, he felt the, the uncertainty that, that I felt when, 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 my, when my mom said that, that, that she had lost her job when I was in high school. He, he felt it. I didn't have to worry because I knew that he understood exactly how I felt. He was not afar off from me. He, he knew my struggle. He is great. He is amazing. There is no one like him. But even though God is so great, while he was on this earth, there was something that he felt was necessary for him to do. He felt the desire the necessity, the urging, the longing to pray and to fast. Because even in his, even in his, in his divinity, he knew that his humanity, his flesh had strength. He knew that no matter how much spirit was in him, if he didn't rely on his spirit, that the flesh would win. Even though he had all, all power and he could have done any, he knew it was necessary for him to crucify his flesh before he got to the cross. Here's the first thing I want to communicate to us is that you'll never pick up your cross if you don't do the things that Jesus did to pick up his. Well, well, well Jesus never would have gone to the cross if he did not pray. He, he knew it was necessary. He knew that the cross would be painful. He knew that it would save us, but still there was a struggle in his humanity, in his divinity, in his spirit. He knew that, that, that he had to die. He knew he had to suffer. He knew that the lashes had to, be, had, to, had to go across his back. He knew that the nails had to go into his hands and his feet. He knew what it would do for us. He, he knew that it would be our, uh, our access to heaven, but he struggled with it still, even though he knew what the outcome would be. And he prayed, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass for me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. If Jesus did not pray, there would have been no cross. If Jesus did not pray, there would have been no salvation. If Jesus, if God did not fast, there, he, 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 he would have subjected himself to, to all sorts of temptation and, and sin. And so because he knew what was at stake, he depended on prayer and he depended on fasting and he depended on knowing the scripture and diving deep into it. He, he, he depended on surrounding himself with people that, that were headed in, in the right direction. He depended, he longed to be connected with the spirit. He, he, he longed to stay connected. He, he, he was everywhere at all times. His, his feet, he had all power, but still he knew that his flesh needed the spirit to win. He knew that the, what the flesh was capable of, he knows what your flesh is capable of. Nobody knows what your flesh is capable of like you. I mean, Jesus knows, but, 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 but you know. 
You know, you, you know all time. You, you know where, where you would be without, where you may, where you may be without, without the Holy Ghost, without, without church. Who knows where, where I would be? I could have ended up. I, I have family who, who is spending life in prison now. I, I, I have for, for, for drugs and, 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 and for arms. I have, I have family who have lost their lives over. Over that lifestyle, I have, I have other family members who who, who who have been to jail and 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 are right who, who are out now. So, so some who are still in that struggle, some who, who, who their their minds will never be the same because of the things that that, that they decided to engage in. And and, and 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 I would like to think that that maybe I would have made something for myself still. That that maybe I, I would still be married and and have a kid and and have a good job without Jesus. But I don't. I, I don't know that that easily could have been me. Maybe it should have been me. Maybe it should. Maybe maybe, maybe I was supposed to be the one with, with the struggle. Maybe I was supposed to be the one in the jail cell. But 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 Jesus looked at me and he said that 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 that, that it's worth it. The cross is worth it, so that he doesn't have to sit in a jail cell or a prison cell for the rest of his life. He said I was worth it, and so he decided to pray. Because I was worth it and because you were worth it, he decided to fast because he saw the value in your life. God didn't need to pray. He didn't need, he, he didn't, he didn't need to pray for himself. There was no point in him coming to this earth for himself. He, did not, he could not go from God level one to God level two. He wasn't upgrading himself. He wasn't making himself any better. He only came to this earth to seek, the Bible says, to seek and to save those that are lost. The only reason why God came to this earth was for us, to redeem us, to save us from our fallen nature. And so he decided to pray. Jesus tells them, he begins to tell them about all the things that would happen the things that he would suffer because he came for us and because God remembers what it was like in the garden where Adam and Eve were there and he was able to walk with them in the garden. The Bible says that they hid themselves in Genesis chapter 3 from the presence of the Lord after they had eaten from, from the fruit of the tree that they weren't supposed to. And there was a separation because we were designed for communion with God, not just to talk to God, but to be with him. Moses was in the presence of the Lord for, for, for 40 days. He was up there and he and, 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 and God provided everything that he needed. It was it was designed. It wasn't so it wasn't something that was supposed to be. Moses was never supposed to be some a special case. Moses wasn't supposed to be somebody that that was just, oh, oh man, this is incredible. He goes up to the mountain and he's in the presence of the Lord and he speaks with the Lord face to face as a man speaks to a friend and he sees the glory of the Lord and, and, and it changes him to the point where his face is now is now shining. It, it, it's radiating because he was in the presence of the Lord. Moses was never supposed to be the only one. God's desire is not that we look as Moses, as somebody that was special a few thousand years ago, but God's desire is for us to communicate with him and to commune with him in the way that Moses did and beyond. 
I don't believe that Moses is the tipping point or the pinnacle of what a relationship with God is supposed to be like. I believe that 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 that, that God may, that that God looks at us and say that there you have the ability to have so much more. Because think about this for a moment. Moses had to go to a to a physical place to communicate with God. Moses had to go into the tabernacle, which was outside of the camp, or into the mountain to be in the presence of the Lord. But for us today, we have the ability to have the presence of the Lord on the inside of us. And the experience that Moses had on the mountaintop, we're able to have in our bedroom or our living room. We're able to pray and to, and to, and, and to crucify this flesh to the point where, where, where the Shekinah glory begins to envelop the room. We're able, we're, able to, we're able to have that experience here now in this service today. We're, we're able to pray and to seek his face and the glory of the Lord comes down. The Bible tells us of a story of, a, of an account where, where Solomon had, had done this incredible sacrifice. I mean, it was hundreds of thousands of animals when he was dedicating the temple and, there, and then there was, the, and it's an incredible number. But then it, it tells us about, there's another sacrifice where where it was so great that the, that the, that it could not be measured how much how much Solomon had sacrificed dedicating the temple to the Lord it could not be measured it could not be physically measured. That's, the, that's what God desires for us today is that we give a sacrifice that, that cannot be measured. That cannot, it's more, the sacrifice that, that God intends for you is more, is more than your giving statement at the end of the year for your tax returns. That's not how God is measuring our sacrifice. God is not measuring our sacrifice by how much we give, how, how much money we give. Yeah, yeah, we, 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 should give to, we should give to the cause of Christ because people will never hear the gospel if nobody, if nobody gives. It's so important. Get, get what I'm saying. But, but, but God is desiring not just your money, but God is desiring you. God, God is desiring your life. If you will give God your life, you, you won't worry about how much money God asks you to give. If you are giving your life, you won't worry about how much time God is asking you to give. This is his desire for us. Jesus is speaking to Peter about suffering because he's no, he knows it's necessary because he has prayed. And he's ready. He understands exactly what it is that he's going to go through. He knows the pain already. He knows the people that are going to nail his hands. He, he knows, you know, he, he, he knew who those people were when he created them. When he gave them life, the people that would shout for him to be crucified, the, the people that would, that, would, that would tear his clothes from him and, 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 and gamble for his robe, he, the, the people that would, that would put the lashes across. He knew who they were when he created them, yet still he created them. Because he says it doesn't matter exactly, it doesn't matter whatever it is that you do, whatever it is that you face, whatever it is that you struggle with. He's saying you can put lashes across my back, nails in my hands, and I'll still die for you. I'll still give you a chance. And Peter had such a difficult time reconciling this. 
such a difficult time understanding this. And I think what's great if we look at this verse is that it says from that time forth, Jesus began to show unto his disciples how that he must go to Jerusalem. And the time that they're talking about uh, is, is when Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And he says when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, whom do men say that I am, that I the son of man am? And said, some say that you're John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Man, I wish I could have been Peter. Because this is like, man, this is, this is, this is like one of the pinnacle. Uh, this, is, this is an incredible moment. Because uh, I, I wonder, he probably was super, because I would have been super prideful in this moment open out my chest and like, you know, deepen my voice a little bit. Thou art the Christ, <laughs> the son of the living God. I would, I would, I would have been, I would have been, man, this is, this is going to, this is a Bible moment right there. And Jesus said to him, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my father, which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. And so Peter has this incredible moment where God asked him, who do you say that I am? And he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, you've got the revelation. That's it. That's great. And now you're going to get the keys to the kingdom. But we have to remember what, 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 what Peter's perspective was because we know that the Jews were not expecting Jesus to come in the way that he did. Even the disciples, we, we see throughout the scripture that, they were following him, and they may not necessarily have been sure who he was, but maybe they were. But they thought, yeah, this guy could be the Messiah. But, but still, even though they saw the way that he lived his life, and they heard the things that he was saying, and, and he was saying things like, like, like weird things, like if, if somebody, if some, if somebody uh, strikes you, give them the other cheek. And he was saying weird things like that. But still, they had this ingrained in their culture, in their mindset, that when the Messiah is going to come, he is going to overthrow Roman rule. And he's going to establish a kingdom here on earth. And so when Peter is hearing these words from Jesus, uh, I believe he's still, he's still interpreting it through, through the cultural lens. He, he wasn't thinking about, 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 the, about the keys of heaven and about reaching people with the gospel. He's thinking, oh, I'm going to be the gatekeeper when this, guy, when this guy wipes everybody out and, and he establishes the kingdom here. He says, he says, he says oh, th- this, is, this is about to happen. This guy is the Christ. I, I know who he is and, 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 and this is exactly what's going to happen. But, but when Jesus, in the next verse, he says, that I'm going to suffer many things and be killed and be raised again on the third day. He's like, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Three minutes ago, you're telling me that you are the Christ. I mean, I said it in front of everybody here. And, 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 and now you're telling me that, that you're about to die 
you can't be the Christ and also suffer. And so Peter had a difficult time reconciling his revelation with what Jesus was now saying. And Jesus rebuked Peter by saying, you do not savor the things of God, that thou savorest not the the things of God, that Greek word is phroneo. He's saying, you don't, you're not feeling after, you don't understand or you don't direct your mind towards the things of God, but those that be of men. He was addressing Peter's mindset, Peter's cultural mindset. You're thinking about this the way that men are thinking about this. You're thinking about this the way that that the culture is thinking about this. I have given you this revelation, but you're having a hard time interpreting it because you're, you're looking at it through your own lens. And God will speak to us and we will struggle with it. And and we pray enough to feel comfortable, but not to be changed. Peter got enough revelation to feel comfortable about following Jesus, but, but not enough for Jesus to say that he was going to suffer. He, he, God never reveals or speaks things to us that are a contradiction. The contradiction occurs in our interpretation. Peter believed Jesus would overthrow the Roman, the Roman rule, and it was revealed to him that Jesus was the Messiah. Perhaps Peter became fearful that he was mistaken because notice it says that Peter took him. In other translations, it says that he took him aside. And so he, and so he, wasn't, even, he wasn't even yelling at Jesus in front of the rest of the disciples. He, 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 he was saying, Jesus, come, come on, come over here for a second. And, and, and he, was, he was trying to, to understand because his, his, cultural, his cultural interpretation did not line up with what Jesus was saying. And so for us, it's so important if we're going to hear from God, if we're going, if we're going to listen to God to say, Lord, I, I'm not just trying to hear from you so that I can hear good things. Lord God, I, I'm hearing because I want to be closer to you. No, Lord, no matter what it is that you say, Lord God, I, 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 want, I want to hear it. I, I don't want to be just, I don't want to be like Peter and get a part of the picture. I, I, I don't want to be like Peter and, 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 and hear just enough from God so that I can feel good about, about being a Christian. Man, I, I, I'll come to church and, and I'll listen and, and I'll pray just as long as I'm going to get a blessing out of it. Just as long as I'm going to get better and, and, and bigger, I'll, I'll listen for, for, for just a little bit. But, uh, but, but, but if something doesn't line up, if, if I've got to suffer, Ah uh, man, I don't, I don't know. There's gonna, there's gonna be a struggle. Wait, there, thing, things aren't gonna work out perfectly, and we get confused with our prayers because it's God gives us one image, and we interpret it just a, a completely different way. And when God speaks again, we. We think, well, well God, you're, you're confusing me. God, I, 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 don't, I don't understand what it, is, what it is that you're saying because our interpretation, because we, we, we want God to say certain things to us. When God speaks to us, we want it to mean, we want it to mean a certain, and we will, make, we will make the words that God speaks into whatever we feel comfortable with. We will, we will make it into whatever we feel comfortable with. Romans chapter 8, verses 13, the Bible tells us, For if you live after the flesh, you will die. But if you through the Spirit 
Do you mortify the deeds of the body? You shall live. It's so important for us to recognize that it's a law. That Jesus, Jesus prayed because he recognized the purpose. Jesus prayed because he recognized the value. Do you recognize the value of living this life? What is our, can we close our eyes for a second? Can you think about this? Why, why, why do you serve God? Why, 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 do, I, why do I come to church? Why, why is it that, that, that I worship? Why, why, why is it that, that, that I sing? Why, why is it that I give? Why, why is it that, that, that I pray? Why is it? Ask God to reveal this to you. Because oftentimes, the reason that we're praying, the reason that we're giving is because really we believe that we're going to get something out of it. But, but the reason why Jesus prayed is not so that we could have things. Jesus didn't pray so that he could die, so that he could resurrect, so that we could have more or be comfortable. It was never about this life. Jesus prayed because he recognized that, that he was going to give us an opportunity to get back to where we always were supposed to be, into his presence forevermore. You don't come to church so that you can get a blessing. Blessing on this earth doesn't really matter. I don't come to church. I don't give so that I can get things back. It doesn't matter what I get back on this earth. Everything is going to pass away. The Bible says heaven and earth will pass away but his word stands forever. I'm trying to be closer to the word. I want to be closer to Jesus Christ. I want to be closer to him. It's not about this life. It's all about heaven. You're not praying so that you can feel better. You're not praying so that you can so, so that you can stop being depressed. That, 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 that's a part of it. We, we pray for strength and, and God has incredible blessings for us. But the blessing is not the end game. It's not about the blessing. The blessing is supposed to help you to get closer to God. That the blessing is supposed to help you to get to heaven. That's what it's all about. It's all about heaven with him. It's all about getting back to where we were supposed to be all along. It's all about his presence. It's all about worshiping in front of, in front of the throne. It's all about being on that street of gold where we don't even need a sun because the only source of light that we need is God and everything shines so bright and we don't have any care about this world. The Bible says that, 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 that the, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. When you get to heaven, you won't worry worry about how sad you were or about how much you missed out on or about how much you didn't have. All you'll be worrying about is this is so incredible to be in the presence of the Lord and I get to worship him every single day and I don't have to worry about tears or crying or fear or doubt. All I need to worry about is Jesus. That's why we pray. If you pray to get stuff, you'll always be disappointed if you pray just to feel better, you, you'll, you'll be disappointed. You don't need to just get something out of it. If, if you'll pray to be closer to God, if you'll pray, God, put me on the path to heaven. He's going to take care of all that stuff. He, Lord, get me closer to you. 
God, you will handle the fear. God, get me closer to you. You will handle the, you will handle the, God, get me closer to you. You will handle my finances. God, get me closer to you. You will handle the sadness. God, get me closer to you. You will give me everything that I need. Pray to restore communion with God because if you're in communion with God, he will give you everything that you need. The Bible says in Hebrews 12, 29, that our God is a consuming fire. The closer you get to him, the more stuff, the more junk just burns away. It, it, it just goes away and, and, and his consuming fire and you get to commune with him. Paul has such a good perspective in Philippians chapter 3. He says, though I also have confidence in the flesh. If any other man thinks that he has reason to trust in the flesh, I have more. That's a, you know, you can boast when you're writing the Bible because you because Paul, 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 Paul really, Paul, Paul really goes in here. He says, I was circumcised the eighth day, a stock of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin and a Hebrew of Hebrews as concerning the law of fair. You can't say this stuff today. I mean, I'm a, I could say I'm a Jamaican of Jamaicans. I'm an American of Americans. I'm a preacher of pre- man. People, people would just people would say, man, what are you saying? But when you write the Bible, you can say this stuff. It says concerning zeal, uh, persecuting the church. So you're saying that that uh, I was I was a, I was a Pharisee and I, I was so you you can't you couldn't have doubted my passion because I was so passionate about the law that I decided to persecute the church and. Concerning the righteousness which is in the law, or according to the law, I was blameless. But what things were gained to me, I have counted these things to be lost for the sake of Christ. Yes, certainly I count everything as lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have forfeited the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness is of God on the basis of faith to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death if somehow I might make it to the resurrection of the dead, not that I have already attained or have already been perfected, but I follow after it so that I may lay hold on that for which I was seized by Christ Jesus. Brothers, I do not count myself to have attained, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal or I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul recognized it doesn't matter what I have attained. He said, I worked my whole life to be the most respected Pharisee in, in all in all of the world, and he was respected. He 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 he, he pursued this so much uh, the, the the righteousness of the law that he persecuted the church. Uh, that, that that he studied the law that he was known by everybody. Saul was famous, but he said it didn't matter because I wasn't close to Jesus. I wasn't close to Jesus. 
go ahead and go go to your job and and work hard and be the best that you can do but uh, but but recognize that, that 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 you're not working at that job so that you can get a better paycheck you're not you're not working at that job so that you can have a, a bigger house you're working at that job God placed you there because he he recognized there was an opportunity to place somebody that knows me in this workplace because there are other people that need me other people that need to make it into heaven God is not giving me these things God is not blessing me so that I can just have more things but just like with Abraham he's blessing us so that we can be a blessing he's blessing us so that we can be a blessing not so that we can have more or so that we can be the richest church in town but so that more people can make it into heaven we will never recognize the purpose of our blessings if we're not willing to pray Jesus on this earth could have had anything that he wanted. He could have called thousands of angels to have from heaven when he was on the cross. I mean, he, while he was on the earth, he, while he was fasting, the devil came to tempt him. He says, turn these stones to bread. I mean, that wouldn't have been a big deal for him. He could have done anything. He could have been on this earth and made himself the most powerful person the most the richest person he could have built up a physical kingdom that would have had no end he could have done all of these incredible things but he decided to humble himself and he became obedient the bible says unto death even the death of the cross for for us jesus prayed if he jesus prayed so that he could get us closer to him and he prayed so that when the suffering came, he wouldn't be weak, but he would be strong enough to overcome the sufferings. Paul said that I, I want to know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Uh, we, we, uh, let me, I, I don't know if anybody here has suffered. I think all of us at some point have or 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 or. Or we will, and, and, and we can feel so weak and so discouraged and, and feel like God has abandoned us. But, 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 but the suffering will, will lead us to the crucifixion of our flesh. And the crucifixion of our flesh will lead us to a resurrection. The resurrection will lead us to glory. It's not about this life. Recognize don't be discouraged when suffering comes. Uh, this, I know it sounds crazy, but it's but it's a Bible. We can rejoice. The Bible says rejoice when you're afflicted for my name's sake. Rejoice when we're afflicted. Rejoice when there's suffering that's so counter cultural it doesn't make sense to our flesh that I can suffer and rejoice that I can suffer and praise God but the suffering is leading me to crucifixion and the crucifixion is leading me to resurrection the resurrection is leading me to the presence of the Lord and so no matter what happens today or tomorrow I can lift up my voice I can lift up my hands if I got health it doesn't matter I'm praising God if I've got sickness it doesn't matter I can praise God it's leading me closer to God why don't we all stand to our feet why don't we all stand to our feet why don't we lift up our hands why don't we begin to lift up our voices why don't we begin to cry out to God 
God, bring me closer to heaven. God, bring heaven down to earth. Lord God, it's all about your presence. It's all about your glory, Jesus. It doesn't matter what I go through. God, I'm praying not just for more, but I'm praying to get closer. I'm not praying to get blessings, but God, I'm praying, Lord Jesus, so that I can take part of this resurrection. God, I want to be in your presence. 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 Is that anybody's heart today? Is anybody's heart today? Can you lift up your voice in your own words? Say, Jesus, help me, Lord God. God, I'm not there. My, my mind isn't there. God, it's clouded with so many things. God, I've had so many questions. I've had so many doubts. God, I've, I have so many distractions. But Lord, help me to get the perspective that I need on prayer. Lord God, help me. God, I, I thought it was just so that I can get more stuff. I thought it was just so that I could feel better. But Lord, it's all about getting closer to you. God, you prayed. You prayed not for stuff. You prayed not for blessings. But you prayed, Lord God, so that the flesh could be crucified you prayed for enough strength to make it to the cross God you prayed because you saw something beyond the suffering God help me to see beyond the suffering so that I will pray no matter what no matter what Jesus hallelujah 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says that we ask and we don't receive because we ask and miss. Because we're praying after our own passions. But the Bible also says that the Spirit will make intercession for us. The Bible says that the Spirit will intercede on our behalf with groanings that cannot be uttered. Right now what I want us to do is ask the Lord to intercede on our behalf. Because some of us, we, we, we know the idea, but we don't know what to pray. Ask the Lord right now, God, give me the words. God, intercede for me. God, I, I, I don't know how to pray for myself right now. God, I, I know I need to make it to heaven, but I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to pray. Ask him right now for help. Ask the Holy Ghost right now to help because we need something more than a surface level prayer. We need something more than a five minute altar call. We need to leave this place changed today. Jesus, help us. Jesus, give us the words. God, intercede right now. We need the power of the Holy Ghost. God, I don't need just goosebumps today. I don't need just got to chill up my spine. But God, I need transformation. I need it. I need it. I need it. I need it. God, I'm not strong enough, God, to make it through the suffering on my own. I need it, God. I, I need it. Oh, God, I need you. I need you. I need you. I need it. I need it. I need it, God. I need it. I need it. I need you, Jesus. I need you. If I'm going to make it to heaven, I need you. I need you. I can't get there by myself. I need you, Jesus. I need you. I need you. I need you. I need you.